Thank you for tuning in to Music Marvels with the Chicklet Beats and Breezy Gibson. I am music producer Chicklet Beats. And entrepreneur Breezy Gibson right here. And we're so happy that you tuned in. We've got a show lined up for you that is just filled with music industry news. There's so much going on that you get a supersized helping today. And of course, there's going to be beats by yours truly. Okay, man. That's Hey, that's what's happening. That's what's it. <laughs> All right. So without any further ado, here we go. Yep.
Hey fam, this is Breezy Gibson from The Breeze Team. How would you like to see an online platform that brings you people who've already indicated that they're interested in your particular type of business? Whether it's your music you're selling, hip-hop clothing, you got a restaurant or a cafe, or if you're an entrepreneur or agent for a business, visit me at breeze2cheese.com. That's using the number two, breeze2cheese.com, or click my bio link on my Instagram profile to see a live demo how this can help you get more customers and make more money. Hey, this is a chick with beats. I am a multi-genre music producer and strategist to indie artists and labels. Visit my website, thechickwithbeats.com, for resources for artists and instrumentals available in various genres for songs, vlogs, blogs, podcasts, themes, TV, film, commercials, and more. Once again, that's thechickwithbeats.com, A-C-H-I-C-K-W-I-T-B-E-A-T-Z. Let's make something happen. All right, we're back with music industry news. First up, uh, Meta has launched a suite of generative AI music tools to rival Google Google's Music LM uh, AI. <laughs> and so the suite of the AI models is called AudioCraft. It includes MusicGen and AudioGen, which use text-based inputs to create new audio. And it also uses Encodec, which allows for, quote, unquote, a higher quality music generation with fewer artifacts. So Meta cites that the music gen model was trained with music that it owns or specifically licensed. So they're basically saying, hey, don't yell at us. We did this the ethical way. But, um, you know, hey, it's just another tool that's out there. And the fact that it uses fewer artifacts means that you don't have to give it that much. And it's supposed to return a lot more back to you. So, you know, like I said, there's lots, tons of news. We've even got some additional stories about what's happening in AI and music. But, um, yeah, I guess Meta's kind of thrown their hats into the ring now. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's like, you know, do one, do it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, 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 or one in, then they're all in. Yeah. And so, you know, hey, there you go. Yeah. Another example. <laughs> All right, and speaking of which, 27% of independent artists say that they have used AI music tools. And this was according to a study that TuneCore did. So the AI and Music Report surveyed 1,600 self-releasing artists over 10 countries. 50% have a positive view of its benefits and opportunities, while 39% are either apathetic or they're concerned. 27% say that they've already used the tools, and within that group, 57% said they've used it for artwork, 37% have used it uh, for promotion assets, and 20% used it to engage with fans. So notice not all the use of it is just to create music. There are other um, avenues that AI can work in music, which we've talked about on here before. So, I mean, that's a pretty steep amount uh, that feel positively about it and recognize that there are ways that it could be beneficial now that does not mean that people uh, won't take advantage and, and do some nefarious things with it but like I said this is all just part of the buzz that's going on and um, yeah those stats are kind of interesting to kind of see where your fellow creatives are at with it right now well you know in life any new invention any new discovery or whatever there's always going to be a bunch of people that uh, they want to investigate. <laughs> That's just the nature, curiosity. That's just the nature of a person, a human. 
And so, um, yeah, so it came up, you know, people are delving in it and, you know, to see what they can do to, you know, find out about this, that or options and so on and so forth. So those those statistics that you read, they're just some indicators of it, you know, so uh, Absolutely. Uh, that's that, you know, it just goes across the board in life. You know, if, if there's something to do or something available, people are going to check it out. Right. Yeah. And especially, you know, if, if you're one of those people that has concerns or you're curious about how far it can go, why not test it out just to see, you know, what's happening out there? Because I know when um, Google had launched the LM tool, I was curious and I'm like, you know, is, some, is this something that producers need to be worried about? And, you know, when I typed in specific things like maybe, you know, lo-fi hip hop or whatever, most of it sounded like a Muzak version <laughs> of, you know, those types of genres. So, you know, once I actually got in there, I'm like, oh, OK, this really isn't anything right now. But I mean, you know, they're constantly working and developing. And so, you know, there probably will be some growth. But I think that um, as far as music production goes, because I know that there was a survey that went around a while ago, and they said that a lot of music producers were afraid of losing their jobs to AI. But yeah, as long as you're not cranking out uh, soulless tunes, then you're not one of those people that can be replaced by that just yet. Hey, well, <laughs> you said it right there. You know, you, you you're not one of those people that can be replaced just yet, and. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the, the saga continues. Yeah. And, um, you know, this next story kind of talks about that a little bit. So um, we talked before about Grimes saying that people could use her music uh, for with AI if they wanted to, as long as they split it 50-50. And um, her team had to approve it. And so she had launched her uh, generative AI software, Elf.Tech three months ago and since then over 300 songs featuring Grimes AI were submitted for distribution and many of them actually made it onto like Spotify and some other places accruing royalties so just because this is available doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a hit because the only Grimes AI track to hit 100,000 streams was a song called Cold Touch which was released mid-May, so just shortly after she said that this was okay to do and it launched the software, it um, is currently at 852,210 streams. And that's about 300,000 more than her own current single, I Wanna Be Software, that was just released, not this past Friday, but the one before that. So her original stuff is still generating more spins than these AI ones used with it so you know just because you have access to her voice it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be a hit and so um, you know with with everybody talking about these fears of AI they're not unfounded definitely I'm not saying that but at the same time if you're a Grimes fan why would you be that interested in something that she didn't even write so it's not like it's going to have the same feeling, same emotion. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of nuances to think, you know, it's not all doom and gloom and people aren't necessarily running uh, for the AI versions of this stuff. As you can see, that's demonstrated by there. So, you know, something else to kind of keep in mind when these conversations about music and AI are, you know, going around. Um, yeah, not everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, 
you know, with the the <laughs> sensitivity of all of this equipment, you know, that's been permeating uh, the globe as far as usage of certain uh, musical bars, uh, tones, uh, melodies, and things of that nature. You know, I mean that the pro- proliferation of this equipment that. Uh, uh, seeks that stuff out or when the proper beats and tones are used it 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 identifies them immediately okay well you know that's <laughs> I got kind of like a funny story about that because I uh, was in a grocery store and I made a video of myself talking okay now most grocery stores have uh, in-house music playing in this particular grocery store did at the time. Okay, so when I reviewed the um, my creation, I heard the in-house music being played in the store. Okay, so when I I wanted to post that webs, I wanted to post that video, so I chose a, a particular tune that was available that people use when making reels. Okay, so I posted that and I put it on one network, no problem at all. And so then when I <laughs> I posted the same video on Facebook, oh, there's a problem. Okay, and so then they held me up and flagged it and so on and so forth and, and told me that, you know, the music violated. So we removed that music. Okay, so since they removed the music I put on the video, then what that did was it allowed the music that was being played in the grocery store to be heard. Okay, so what I'm saying is, you know, I guess the equipment caught part of the music, but it didn't get all of it. Right. Okay, so, you know, it's amazing how that works like that. You know, when you're talking about sensitivity in picking up tones, bars, or music, lyrics, or whatever. And so uh, they got me on part of it. But the other part, where you clearly hear the other in-house music, they didn't get that. You know, isn't that something? Yeah, it really is. Because, I mean, honestly, their software can only be as um, nuanced as it's trained to be. So, you know, that's that's one of those things that maybe they might work towards correcting in the future, or maybe they just missed it. Who knows? Yeah, um, who knows? But yeah, like those, those nuances, that's something that software on its own can't really do it's only as smart as the programmer so mm-hmm. you know that's why you know, I say okay well these people who are using this AI music for stuff it might sound soulless that's until it starts to learn a little bit more how to mimic what it's being fed so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and um so, so, so in essence I've got the post of the video on one platform you hear the music that I selected and then on the, on the Facebook platform you don't hear it but you hear somebody else's yeah that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so uh, for now Google and Universal are actually working to negotiate a deal over AI deepfakes and so the talks are in the early stages nothing's been set in stone just yet but the plan is to create a tool that fans can use to make these tracks legitimately while compensating the owners of the copyrights and artists have the right to choose to opt in or not. And so basically it'd be kind of modeling the same thing with um, what Grimes was doing. So if 
these artists have their work out there then people can use these tools and go ahead and make um i don't know beyonce singing michael jackson or whatever combos they want to come up with and yeah so it makes sense because people are going to be doing this stuff anyway and if they're going to be doing it it should at least be the right way so i I get why they're they're trying to negotiate a deal we'll have to kind of just see how that plays out what do you think well you know the (laughs) what you're saying reminds me of a concert i went to uh probably 10 15 years ago or more um by um natalie cole okay and at that concert that live concert that's the one where she sang duets with her famous father Mm -hmm. uh nat king cole so they had a hologram on the stage of nat king cole but his voice was playing through the the sound system while she was singing the duet with it you know so Mm -hmm. nothing surprises me as far as uh technology um and again this had to have been 10 15 years ago and and things like that were popping then so just imagine all the things that are popping now as far as discoveries and capabilities and inventions and so forth so nothing surprises me mm-hmm. all right and uh, now we gotta move into some of the legal issues and stuff that have been happening lately uh, Dua Lipa is facing her third copyright lawsuit over levitating. So the producer says that the remixes featured his unlicensed uh, TalkBox sample. So Bosco Conte says that he created the TalkBox track for use in the original version of the song, but he didn't authorize it to be used in the remixes that followed. So he's saying that that violated his oral agreement with the producers of the song. And so uh, the other two suits that she had over that, one of them just got kind of dropped because they couldn't really prove that she had access to hear it for the similarities. The other one's still going, but it might kind of go the same route that the first one did. But um, three times is a lot to be sued over one song. And, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm all for collaboration. I think it's a really, really great thing uh, when it fits. But with a lot of these pop songs, you have so many people that are involved in it. It's hard to get everyone on the same page. So and plus, you're also trusting these people. So Dua Lipa probably didn't know if a producer or a songwriter heard this other version that somebody's saying, hey, they ripped this off from this. So that's kind of one of those things like when you're collaborating, it's a good idea to be careful. Um about who you're collaborating with and yeah i think and this is just my personal opinion that the more cooks you got in the kitchen the more potential you have (laughs) for a mess so maybe you don't (laughs) need you know 10 people on one song um you know just find the right people and then you won't need so many but yeah i think that he's actually got a point um we'll have to see how it actually works out especially since it was an oral agreement um, you know, at this point, it might just bow down to who's got the better lawyer. But yeah, just something to keep in mind when you're collaborating. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Great observation. Great observation. <laughs> Thanks. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this duo has been battling for some time. We've shared the progress of this, but Triller and Sony Music have settled their licensing fees dispute. 
a federal judge ordered Triller to pay Sony $4.6 million for breach of contract. And the payment plan actually includes an undisclosed amount in exchange for dropping the remaining copyright infringement claim. So, uh, yeah, Triller's still working on trying to go public, apparently. And so now that this portion is kind of behind them, we'll see what happens from there. But I feel like we keep going, you know, they take one step forward and two steps back. And so we'll have to see. You know what the next news story about Triller will actually bring, but hey, at least that chapter's partially closed as long as they make good on those payments. And they keep it, and their name keeps staying in the news. It does. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying not to say that, but yeah, I mean, the fact is the fact, and yeah. How many people are going <laughs> to say Triller? Triller? Hmm, let me check Triller out. Yeah, let's see what's going on. Why are they? You know, so uh, publicity. <laughs> yeah, both of those stories are not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and this isn't a legal issue just yet, but it does kind of relate to what we were talking about. I believe it was last week with what Live Nation has been dealing with, and you know the DOJ suit that's coming their way. But a ticket reseller said that she pocketed $22,000 on Taylor Swift's tour using bots. And mm. so she hasn't revealed her name, but um, she was quoted saying that I ended up getting 50 floor seats for various shows, which I bought for around 150 each directly from Ticketmaster. And then she says that she resold the tickets on StubHub for an average of $600 per ticket. So she mm. earned about $22,500 in profit just using <laughs> bots. <laughs> so yeah, this is part of what the DOJ is talking about when they're saying, hey, you know, maybe you're too big if you can't control this sort of thing. So, you know, they may end up having to get rid of Ticketmaster or, you know, selling it off to someone else or making it a standalone company. But um, just <laughs> those numbers, $22,000 just buying them up and, and to think that she could get floor seats for about $150 and you talk to most people when they talk about how much they spend on it it's nowhere near that it's at least the 600 per ticket that she was actually reselling them for so mm. yeah <laughs> yeah so that's what I said I mean if officially it's not like this person is getting sued for it but you know it's definitely a problem and if she's doing interviews, who knows how long it is before uh, she's actually discovered and they find out who she is and maybe bring charges. Wow. None surprises me. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and hey, there's action on one end, there's action on the other end. Uh, a story last night that, you know, I didn't really get to get all the details and everything. Perhaps I can follow up on that next week uh, concerning the... Uh, concert performances with uh, her and SZA was it her and SZA I believe but I may be mistaken but anyway we'll get that story for you next week Hmm. All right, the numbers are coming in a lot of these music companies are reporting how well they've been doing Warner Music Group's uh, Q2 revenues which include their recorded music music publishing and other income streams were up 9.9% uh, compared to quarter two of the previous year 
to $1.564 billion. So recorded music revenues specifically were up 8.6% to $1.282 billion. And music streaming revenues were like the huge chunk of that because those increased 7.3%. You know, just growth all the way around, uh, including music publishing, which was up 16%. But the company says that the growth was due to a stronger release schedule, a wide diversity of music from many different territories, labels, and revenue lines. And of course, they've got money coming in for both new releases and catalog projects. And so those are the ones that are um, older than 18 months. And they've also seen a growth in ad-supported revenue. So you know it's kind of interesting to see where they're saying that this money is coming from so you know with those catalog sales that means that's that stuff that people are still listening to even though it's been out for over a year those songs that people keep going back to um so hint hint if you're a music maker you know make stuff that sticks with people not what's just popping for the moment and um also when they had mentioned their uh diversifying like different territories the world is much bigger than wherever you are your corner of it and so yeah they're making money off of recognizing that and so that's definitely something that independent artists should look to uh, to try to mirror that same kind of success yeah yeah and and uh lately uh there's been a surge in the popularity uh and well yeah this does go back some years but but recently there's a big surge in it uh concerning indie artists making music that ends up being used uh in sports arenas mm-hmm. oh my gosh oh what an expo whether it's soccer or, or or baseball football basketball whatever you know it it's it's it has already meandered its way into various arenas and and the fans like this stuff uh, the players get boosted up by listening to it <laughs> so you know it's just a it's like a whole becoming a whole different genre just of sports music so hey if you're an indie artist and you you know got some extra time in the studio or whatever you know you might want to see what you can come up with that is uh motivational inspirational and uh, can get people fired up and charged up that might be uh that might be you you know it might be an area for you the, the musician absolutely know. yeah we yeah. talked um maybe a few yeah. months ago about how on tiktok people were requesting faster songs um you know because we went through an era for a while where everything was kind of slow i mean you might have some fast hi-hats or whatever but yeah it was mostly chill music and so we can see now that people are kind of looking for you know exactly what you said something motivational something inspiring something that makes you move something that fires you up um even with beyonce and drake trying to mirror you know what's been happening in the indie scene like you know more upbeat dance music so you can see that obviously People are kind of wanting more of a variety. There's nothing wrong with chill music at all. But um, yeah, people kind of need some things to choose from instead of everybody doing the same thing. So yeah, yeah. that's an excellent point. Yeah, thank you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. All right, Sony has generated $2.28 billion from their recorded music and publishing divisions in the second quarter for the well calendar Q2. But um, 
they're up 12.5% compared to Q2 of 2022. And so, I mean, you know, just growth all around. They've generated approximately 254.6 million more this year than they did last year. So Warner's up, Sony's up, um, Reservoir is up as well. Their revenues grew 31%. And so we know that they've been buying up some stuff. I mean, <laughs> they, they've just been killing it as far as getting these catalogs. They're uh, saying that their growth was basically led by healthy digital, physical, and neighboring rights revenue. And it was partially offset by synchronization revenue because it kind of declined um, as the ad sector was suffering. But their publishing revenues reached $20.8 million. And that's, you know, a huge bump compared to where it was. So they're not just buying this music and sitting on it. They're actually doing what they can to uh, make sure that they're generating income with it. And so, you know, hey, every time we have a story about Reservoir, it's always been good. And I'm happy to see that they're still seeing growth. Well, you know, it reminds me almost of the real estate industry. I mean, they're going at a pop that is so fast, uh, buying up everything, buying up every kind of property, buying up every kind of dwelling, buying up every kind of, okay, <laughs> and see there, you know, buying up these music catalogs and so on and so forth. And and um, I, I saw just yesterday, just a just an average old shack of a house in Atlanta. They're buying for like two hundred and forty thousand dollars. I mean, inhabitable shack. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so they're buy, they're searching and buying these things so fast that there's hardly any left. Okay, so you know, trans transpose that over to music catalogs. Oh, oh my god! So yeah, but you notice but I, a lot of the ones they're buying though these aren't inhabitable shacks. <laughs> you know like we've we've dropped some big names that they've been snatching up and um reservoir was actually responsible for getting de la soul back on streaming platforms to where mm. they were actually being compensated so oh, yeah they're picking and choosing some of these other ones not so much so um mm. <laughs> oh gosh it's the one utopia is one of like even though they're not doing the catalogs per se but you know, some of them do, like you say, they just get happy. They start growing too fast. They just buy anything that they can. But um, yeah, the ones that that tend to have the good stories, they've been choosy about what they've been doing. But yeah, you've got a great point because there are a lot of those companies that are just buying up anything. And then <laughs> when I see like, oh, they bought so-and-so's catalog. I'm not trying to clown nobody or anything, but it's like, what do they want that for? <laughs> what do they think they're going to do with that? But, but now, but but now on the upside, on the uppity up, 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 way upside, positivity, uh, just motivational, just hey man, digging in the dig, just it's just rocking, it's happening. The catalog by a chick with beats is expanding. Am I correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So hey, we're here to say hey, you know. Uh, if I'm picking up on this, listeners, hey, you all better be picking up on this now. There's a catalog out there by a chick with beats now. It's, hey, it's rolling. It's rolling. Yeah. So, but so, since you're right here, 
share a few tidbits about that catalog just that you got going there uh, well for the listeners that were listening a couple weeks ago i did share that it was going to be available on Bandcamp, and it was made available that day and it's also on um additional platforms now so the major ones that you go to to listen um just check it out chickle beats underground beatscapes and you'll find it there whoa you know so i mean that's 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 a great a great accomplishment and um it hasn't stopped it's ongoing correct oh yeah absolutely yeah 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 okay so um you know we get up here in the spot and we talk about others so we might as well do some some self promotion here because um, you know there are artists out there, including a chick with beats, that have created that their their creation level. They're 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 just devising and making interpretation on sounds that a lot of the listeners really like <laughs> okay so you better check it out now um and so do that one more again you say on give out those places where that your catalog is where people can can acquire your new all major streaming platforms and Bandcamp. Uh, okay there you heard yeah mm-hmm. there you have it ladies and gentlemen right there all major streams and Bandcamp. Okay, so we have to repeat it two or three times for those who didn't hear that. Okay, all right, all right. And there, there's some there's some bang in there too. So <laughs> check it out, check it out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, um, you know, speaking of deals, Cher just made one. Uh, she sold a stake of her catalog to Iconic Artist Group. And uh, so they said that you know, she's known Irving Azoff because that's who owns it for some years now. But yeah, Iconic Artists had launched in January of 2020 with the acquisition of the controlling interest in the Beach Boys catalog. They followed up with the purchase of Dean Martin, David Crosby, Nat King Cole, Linda Ronstadt, and so many more catalogs. And now they've added share uh, to the gang. So yeah so some some of these companies are being super strategic with their purchases there and i can't even imagine how much money they can make off of her catalog well you know when you get take an icon like that that has really been around has paid her dues this that the other you know it winds up being a, a phone make a phone call hey i got this music hey will you want to play? yeah it's already done share <laughs> Exactly. You know, just that simple. You know, just off the name, right? You know? Yeah. And so, 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 hey, the opportunities exist. Absolutely. And yeah. speaking of opportunities, TikTok is uh, looking for aspiring artists to kind of flex their talent skills in a live music competition. So participants have to be 18 years or older. Um, they can register on the audition page in the TikTok app through August 16th. The submission video must be at least 30 seconds long with the hashtag give me the mic and that's a give gimme not give me <laughs> and the audition can't be sexually explicit it can't promote alcohol or illegal substances and it also can't be a duplicate video that you've already published before so once you do that 30 participants will be selected to advance to the semifinal to compete in pairs 
and perform uh, multi-guest live videos. Fans can vote for their favorite performances in real time. And then the top 10 contestants will compete in the U.S. grand finale, followed by a global finale. So, hey, if that's something you or someone you know might be interested in, definitely check it out and get ready to submit. And speaking of favorite performers, let's 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 put this out there again. People need to know that you actually can go to achickwithbeats.com, look on the right-hand side, click on Music Marvel's radio show, and that's going to take you to the archives. So there's a lot of your favorite artists that are in there that have been guests on this show, and their interviews, the shows with their interviews, are listed in there. So if you got somebody who's a buddy or you just want to check it out yourself to see who's on the up and coming list, go in there, a chick with beast.com, look on the right, click on Music Marvel's radio show, go down, scroll down, and you got all of these shows in there that are in the archives. Don't miss out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that does it for this week's edition of Music Marvels with the Chickle Beats and Breezy Gibson. Once again, we thank you for joining us. Um, you know, super huge shout out to our home stations, Grander Radio out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Sparks Radio out of Atlanta, Georgia. And it's just been a blast. Uh, we'll be back next week with more goodness for your eardrum. And uh, yeah, I'm already looking forward to it. How about you? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. Till then, you know where to find us. Tune in, tell a friend. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.